Now, speaking of prayers, are you familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Have you ever heard the Lord's Prayer? If you've been around church any amount of time, I'm sure you've heard about the Lord's Prayer. It's mentioned two times in Scripture. One time is in Luke chapter 11, and it's in response to one of the disciples saying to Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray the way that John taught his disciples to pray. See, it was commonplace in that time for teachers to teach their disciples to recite prayers. But I'm sure that when the disciples watched Jesus pray, they saw something different. And they were like, I want to know how you do that, Lord. Teach me how to do that. The second time the Lord's Prayer is mentioned in scriptures in Matthew chapter six. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. As Jesus is in the, the uh, in most his most famous sermon, excuse me, I don't know why I got tongue tied there, talking about the Lord, come on. Jesus is in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, covers Matthew chapter 5 through 7, and that's where we get the Beatitudes, and Jesus talks about the law and divorce and retaliation and all this other stuff, and in the middle of this sermon that he does on the side of this mountain, he talks about prayer. And that's what we're going to look at today. If you want to look at Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 5. That's where we're going to pick up at today, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. But let me set the stage for you a little bit. Like I mentioned, Jesus is on the side of this mountain, and he's teaching the people. He sees a crowd out, and he says, this is an opportunity for me to share what my Father has sent me here to share. And so he has this crowd, and he takes, sits them down, and he says, blessed are the peacemakers. This is Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he goes through all these people who are blessed, and it's so countercultural to what the people have experienced. And then he talks about uh, things like, This is how you are to handle your marriage, and this is why God doesn't like divorce, and this is why you shouldn't get divorced, and this is why you should not retaliate against your enemies. He breaks down all of these things from the law that these people have been taught over years, some things that they needed to be relearned or unlearned, some things they needed to unlearn so that they could be retaught. Jesus breaks all of this down for them over the course of three chapters, and right in the middle of that is prayer. See, at the start of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about giving, and he talks about how we shouldn't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing, because these people have been taught by a group called the Pharisees, and they were notorious for bragging about their gifts. They wanted everyone to see what they were giving. They wanted to show off what they were giving. And right after that, Jesus jumps into prayer, and he's like, this is how you should not pray, and I'm going to teach you how you should pray. So Matthew chapter 6, that's where we are today, and I hope you were there as I turned there. Matthew chapter six and verse number five, it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Jesus was challenging the people to rethink some things. He was challenging them to unlearn some things that they had been taught. And that's where we find ourselves today. We need to rethink some things. 
We need to unlearn some things. There are some habits that we have picked up about prayer over the years. There are some things that we've been taught, maybe some books that we have read about prayer over the years that has taught us some things that maybe has us a little off kilter. And we need to relearn what it really means to pray. So I'm going to give you three things today, three things that I see in Jesus' sermon on prayer that I want to share with you that I hope helps you and that you can walk away from this message with something that's applicable, that changes your prayer life and in in turn changes your life because you learn how to pray as we launch into this series on prayer. And the first thing that I want you to get is this. Prayer is personal. Prayer is personal. Prayer is an intimate thing. If you look back at Verse number five, it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret. He will reward you in secret. Prayer is personal. It's an intimate thing. It's a conversation between you and God. Now, if you're married, you're going to get this. There are some conversations my wife and I have in public that are for everyone's ears, but there's also some conversations that are just for our ears only. And you have to think of prayer that way. There are times that you're going to pray corporately, and it's okay that other people hear your prayers. It's actually a good thing if you pray out loud and people can hear it if your focus is on God, the one that you are praying to. But there's a lot of your prayers that need to just be between you and him. And don't ever feel like you need to be able to pray whole passages of Scripture. Don't ever feel like you have to throw out these big religious words. That's what the Pharisees were doing. That's what Jesus told these people not to do. He said, don't go around heaping out big words and big phrases trying to make yourself sound smart. We are unique and prayer is personal. So your prayers are going to be different than mine. The way you relate to God is going to be different to me than me. So when you pray, some of the things you say may not sound exactly like me. So make sure that you understand that prayer is personal. It's an intimate thing. It is between you and God. We may not all sound the same, and that's okay. Here's the second thing I want you to get out of this. Prayer is intentional. Prayer is intentional. Look at verse 7. It says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. He already knows what you need. Prayer is intentional. Here's what I want you to get. Your prayer has power. Your prayer has power. So be purposeful with it. There's a little example I like to share with this because I really believe what Jesus is telling us is don't pray thoughtless prayers. Think about what you're praying. And there's a little example that I like to use to demonstrate this. Have you ever found yourself giving thanks for your food and you say something like, Lord, I thank you for this food, Lord. Make it nourishing to my body and make it good to my health. And when you look down, it's a chocolate shake and a cookie from Chick-fil-A. Have you ever done that? Because I do that all the time, y'all. Let me tell you a little. That's how I got this this beautiful body. I do that all the time. I'll go to Chick-fil-A, give me a chocolate shake, one of those fabulous cookies, and I'll sit in my car and I'll say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this food. Bless it to my body. Make it nourishing for me. And I know God is in heaven like, come on, man. What are you doing? That's a thoughtless prayer. How often do we do that? How often do we pray thoughtless prayers? How often do we just throw out words and hope that they stick somewhere? Jesus wants our prayer to be intentional. He said, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do. He wants you to pray intentionally. He wants you to think about what you are saying to your father in heaven. He wants your prayers to be intentional because your prayers 
have power. They need to be purposeful. Make sure your prayers are intentional. It's always good to give thanks for your food, but think about what you're saying about that cookie. I I wish that that prayer made that cookie have the results of broccoli, but it doesn't. It just doesn't. It still has the results of a cookie. So we need to be intentional and purposeful with our prayers because our prayers are powerful. They go before the very throne of God. Your prayers have power. So keep on praying, but be intentional, be purposeful. The third thing I want you to hear about prayer from Jesus' sermon here is that prayer is relational. Prayer is relational. Look at how Jesus starts in verse nine. He says, pray then like this, our father. Let that phrase stick in. That's not how you approach a God who's distant and disconnected. You don't approach a distant and disconnected God by saying our father. No, you approach someone that you love, someone that you respect by saying our father. He's telling them that God is your father. When you approach him, approach him as such. In in fact, in one place, Jesus says, how many of you as fathers, if your son came to you and asked for bread, would give them a stone? How much more will your heavenly father not give you good things? Jesus was making a correlation that these people would readily understand by starting this prayer off with our father. Also, think about how personal this is. This is a group of people who, for all time, God had been the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was a little bit distant from them, but now Jesus is turning prayer from a religious thing into a relationship thing. Jesus is making prayer relational. He says, start our Father. God is your Father. Think about him as Abba Father, this personal term. He is this personal God that we can go boldly to the throne of grace because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross. We have a father that we can go to and say to him, Father, this is what I need. This is what I need from you, Father. This is what's going on in my life. Can you please help me? Can you protect me? He is our father. Jesus goes on to say, hallowed be your name. He wants you to recognize who God is, that he is holy. Yes, he's your father. And yes, he loves you, but he is still holy and he is set apart. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation. God is your father. And this was something that was a hang up for me when I was younger, because I haven't always had a great relationship with my earthly father. So the thought of praying to God or thinking about God as a father was actually hard for me. But you know what helped me? My kids, because now I'm a father and I love talking to my kids and I love it when my kids come to me and they just have a conversation with me and they tell me about their day and they tell me about the things that they're struggling with. And they ask me for advice and they tell me about the things that they need in life. And they usually do start with some type of praise like hallowed be your name. They don't say that. They'll say, Dad, you're a great dad and I love you. And I know I'm about to get asked something, but that's okay because I love my kids. And that's what God thinks when he sees you. That's what God thinks when you come before his throne in prayer, when you see him and you say, our father, when you go to him and you say, I need you right now, Lord. He says, it's okay. You're my kid. Come to me with whatever you need. I am here for you. I am your father. Don't let that be a hang up for you. If you're like me and you grew up in a situation where maybe you didn't have a connection with your earthly father. And so now you struggle to connect with your heavenly father. I would challenge you today. Put that at the foot of the cross. Understand that that's covered in the blood of Jesus. And Jesus made a way for you to have direct access to your heavenly father. So like he says in Hebrews, you can go boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy to help in a time of need. 
Don't let what's happened here on earth impact your ability to impact heaven. All right. Make sure that you go to him, understanding that he's your father and he loves you and he cares for you. So Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Recognize who he is. Recognize that he is holy. Recognize that he is God. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Understand that God's will is what's best and that you want to walk in obedience to him because when you walk in obedience to him, that's how you demonstrate your love for him. He says, on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. So that's you saying, God, provide for me. I need you, Lord. Jesus wasn't giving us a script that we have to pray word for word. He was giving us an example. And he's saying, you can pray like this. God, I need you. I can't make it without you. Lord, I need my daily bread. I need sustenance for today. In our modern translation, that may be like, you know what, Lord, me and my kids, we need some food. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent today. Father, I need you to come through for me. And Jesus is saying, it's okay for you to pray. That way you can go boldly to your father. He goes on to say, and forgive us our debts, because guess what? Those debts are what keep us hindered in our relationship with God. We need to confess our faults to him and give those over to him so that we can receive healing and forgiveness from him so that we're not hindered in our relationship with him. But notice uh, Jesus says, as we have also forgiven our debtors, this forgiveness is a simultaneous thing. As God forgives you, you need to forgive others. You can't ask God for forgiveness while you're holding on to bitterness. It doesn't work that way. You need to ask for forgiveness, but you also need to be willing to forgive, to be merciful and kind, just like God has been merciful and kind to you. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but keep us from the evil one. He's saying, Lord, protect me. Protect me from the enemy, but also protect me from the weakness that's in me, because I know me. James talks about how when God can't be tempted and he doesn't tempt us, but we're led away by our own flesh, our own desires. I know me. And so my prayer is, God, protect me from Satan, but also protect me from me. Keep me, Lord. Sustain me. Keep me in your strength in the places that I am weakness. That's what Jesus is telling us that we can pray. Think about the access that you have to the Father through Christ. Think about that for a moment and let that sink in. Because there was a time in history where you and I could not go directly to the Father. There was a time in history where he was just God. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. But there was a time where someone had to go in on our behalf. But now Jesus, our Savior, he's our high priest. He daily makes intercession for us. He has made a way for you and me to go directly to the Father. We don't have to be afraid. No one has to go on your behalf. You can get on your knees. You can pray and you can seek your Father yourself. You can do that yourself because of what Jesus did for you on the cross, because prayer is personal. It's an intimate thing. It's between you and your father. Prayer is powerful. It's relational. It's something that you need to do on your own, but prayer is also intentional. It has a purpose. So you need to pray as though you have power in your prayers. If I'm honest with you, prayer doesn't always come easy to me. There are times in my life where I really feel like I can pray. And it's usually when I'm broken or hurting, I can throw out some prayers that sound like the book of Psalms. I mean, they're they sound great. Right. But it's because it's coming from a place of desperation. Like I've used up all of my resources. So now, God, I'm coming to you. And that's the first problem is that prayer should not be a last resort. It should be a first response. That's a whole different message. But sometimes I can really pray and they can sound really powerful because I'm going through something and I really need God to come through. 
Well, there's some other times where I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I don't really know what to say. And I'm, I imagine that some of you feel that same way. There are times that you go to pray and you're like, I just don't know the words to say right now. And so I want to teach you a little mnemonic that helps me out. A mnemonic is, you know, kind of where you make an acronym and each letter has a word attached to it that you use just as a reminder to help you through something. And I use a reminder, a mnemonic, when it comes to prayer in my personal life that helps me. And I know before I tell you what it is, I know I said don't pray thoughtless prayers, that Jesus doesn't want us to pray thoughtless prayers. So here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to make this mnemonic a thoughtless thing. Right. Don't just attach a word to each letter and just say that every day and be like, "Okay, I prayed." That's not what this is about at all. All right. I'm only going to teach you this because I want you to have a tool in your tool belt that you can use in those times where you really feel like I just don't know what to pray today. And the mnemonic is the word acts, A-C-T-S, acts. And the A is for adoration. The C is for confession. The T is for thanksgiving. And the S is for supplication. And I'm going to break that down for you just a little bit here pretty quickly. So the A, adoration. Think about how Jesus started the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Make your name holy, God. He was praising his heavenly Father. So that adoration aspect comes in, and we have to think about praising God, worshiping God because of who he is and because of what he's done. That's what adoration is all about. The C, confession. Remember, our faults, our debts, our sins, those are the things that hinder us in our relationship with God. So this is the perfect time to confess those things that are hindering you in your life and in your relationship with God and get those things right with the Lord. The T is Thanksgiving. Think about the things that you need to be thankful for. Think about the things that God has blessed you with in your life that you can give him thanks for. God, I thank you for waking me up today. I thank you for my family. I thank you for all these blessings. T is for Thanksgiving. And S is for supplication. And supplication is a big word. But it really just means to plead. These are the things that I'm in need of, God. These are the things that I'm desperate for, God. That's your supplication. So, again, don't do this in a thoughtless way, but do it in a purposeful way, an intentional way, understanding that prayer is powerful. Prayer is relational and prayer has purpose. So here's how I would pray in this situation using this this model. And I I won't actually say the ACTS as I'm kind of going through it. But a prayer for me would be something like this. Father, I worship you because you're holy and you're matchless. And I just I worship and magnify your holy name. Father, I can I confess my sins to you because I know that my sins are what what hinder me in my relationship with you, Lord. So I confess to you the fact that that I have pride, Father, and that there's some bitterness that I haven't gotten rid of. Some people I haven't forgiven, Lord, that there's some some lust or some desires in my life, some things that I've allowed to have control of me where you should be in control, Father. And I confess those things to you and I ask you for your forgiveness, Lord. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for the bride that you've given me and and for 18 years of marriage, Father. And I thank you for my kids, that they're all healthy and that they're well, Father, and that you've blessed me with them and that your word says that they're like arrows in the hands of a skillful warrior, Father. So I pray that you would always help me to aim them in the right direction. And Father, I thank you for my church. I thank you for the body that you've grafted me into, that it's a place where I can come and I can learn and I can grow in you and I can grow with other believers who are on a similar faith journey. And I thank you for my city home, Lord, that there are people there who love me and I'm building relationships with, Father, and that we can grow together and we can care for one another and bear one another's burdens, Lord. I thank you for my job that you've used it as a way to provide for me and my family, Lord. I thank you for those things, Father. And now, Father, here are my needs. I need you, Lord, to step in here because 
Maybe we're going through a financial time right now, Father, and I just need you to make a way where there seems to be no way, Father. I'm asking that you provide our daily bread, Lord, that we would have food to eat, not just enough for us, but enough to share with others, those who are in need, Father. And I thank you for provision in my life, Lord, but I'm also praying for protection, Father, that you would keep me from the evil one, that you would keep me from anyone who would want to do me harm or my family harm or our church harm, Father, or and that you would keep me from my own weaknesses, Father, that you would help me to walk and live in a way that honors you with my life. Father, I pray also over those. Part of my supplication is for those that I know that don't know you, Lord, that you would send laborers across their path, that you would draw them to yourself and maybe even use me in that process, Lord. And Lord, this is my prayer. I pray to you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's just something simple like that where you can use that little mnemonic just to kind of kickstart your brain to say, these are some different things I can pray about to make sure I'm touching all of these things on a regular basis. Because I don't know about you, my prayers can get kind of repetitious if I don't do it purposefully. I can just pray the same thing every day. And you know, you got this little 30 second prayer, almost like the thank you Lord for this food, make it nourishing to my body when it's a pack of Oreos kind of thing, you know? And I don't want you to do that. I want you to understand that prayer is powerful and your prayer has purpose. And Jesus has laid out for us in his word, his most famous sermon, part of it was on prayer because he wanted us to unlearn some habits that we had been taught, some things that we had seen, and he wanted us to learn how to approach our Heavenly Father in a new way so that we could go boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy to help in a time of need. Prayer is personal. It's between you and God. He is your Heavenly Father. He sent his son to die for you so that you could have a relationship with him. That's how much he loves you. Prayer is personal. Prayer is intentional. Your prayers have power. So make it purposeful. Make sure that when you are praying, you're thinking about what you're praying about and use that little mnemonic to kind of help you along the way. And prayer is relational. When you pray, it should build your faith. It should help you grow in your relationship with God. And as you pray, jot those things down. I keep a prayer journal. I have a book at home that I write my prayers down in so that I can look back over time and see the things that God has answered in my life. And that builds my faith. It helps my faith grow. So the next time when I face something, I know God is trustworthy because I have a record of all the times he's come through. So just something that you can try as well. Have a prayer journal that you keep in your home so that you can see God's faithfulness in your life. And you can be reminded of the things that you sought the Lord about and how he's come through. Church, we want to be known not just as a generous church or a serving church, but as a praying church. We want to reach the seven cities and beyond, and it only starts with prayer. It always starts with prayer. Prayer should not be a last resort. It should be our first response. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you for calling us, for choosing us, for saving us, for placing us here in the seven cities to be a light to the community around us. Lord, we thank you for the doors that you've opened for us in the studio and venue 757 and the doors that you've opened with pop-up church and the things that you're allowing us to do for your kingdom and your glory. We pray, Father, that you are honored and glorified in them, Lord, but I pray that you would use us. Lord, right now I'm asking for revival. Lord, I'm praying for revival, but I know it has to start in our hearts, Lord. So I pray right now that every person who hears my voice, Father, that you would light a fire of revival in their hearts, Father, a fire that brings us back to the altar that has us on our knees before you, Father, confessing our sin, confessing our fault, relying on you, trusting in you, Lord, and believing in your faithfulness, Father. I pray that you would remove 
each and everything that hinders us from you, Father, that you would call to the surface those things in our life that have separated us from you. And I don't know who this is for, but there's somebody, you're going through something and you feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like he's punishing you. You feel like he's torturing you. But I'm here today to tell you that he's refining you. He's refining you. And if you know how that refining process works, what they do is they, they put the gold or the silver, they put it in a, in a, in a, in a furnace and they melt it. And then the dross, the, the bad things, the, the, the impurities, they rise to the top. And so what you're seeing right now is God putting you in a furnace so that those impurities can rise to the top so that he can scrape them away, so that he can clean you up. God hasn't forgotten you. He's your father who loves you. He's not punishing you. He's not torturing you. He's refining you because you are valuable to him and he has a plan and a purpose for you. Don't fight the refining. Submit to it. Submit to it. And Father, I thank you that you are our refiner. I thank you that you don't leave us the way that you found us, Lord, but that you do mold us into your image and your likeness, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are our loving heavenly Father, that you care for us, that we can pray, that you will protect us, that you will provide for us, but that we can also just come to you and talk to you about our life, about our struggles, about our day, that we can grow in our relationship with you and that we can watch you over and over and over again be faithful and that build our faith in you. Father, I thank you for your church. I pray your hand of blessing over our lives. But Lord, send revival and let it start in me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, love you.